Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog almost every day over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share reality-based cleaning and organizing advice based on my reality, which is that this stuff doesn't come naturally to me. Um, I would love to have you join me over there at aslobcomesclean.com to get show notes for this podcast. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S And uh, this is podcast number 21. Hard to believe I've been going for uh, 21 podcasts now. But thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for those who have shared the podcast, who've given me feedback. For those of you who have left a review in iTunes, I greatly appreciate all of that. Um, Today I'm going to talk about meal planning and freezer cooking. Those two things are inseparable to me. Uh, Basically, it's my version of freezer cooking. I am not the person who um, spends an entire day making every single meal for the month. I I think that's this amazing idea and I love it, but that doesn't work for me. Um, But I do have my version of freezer cooking, which basically means that I do certain things that I freeze that then make meal prep really, really fast for me because I am passionate about eating at home. It's one of those things that I'm actually really good at, as my husband says, um, you know, maybe keeping the master bedroom neat and tidy. Yeah, that's not really my thing, but, um, making sure that my family is always eating home cooked meals. That is totally my thing. So this is how I make it work and how it really is important in the whole, um, getting your house under control process. So I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, But first I want to make sure that I tell you, if you are listening to this in real time, meaning, um, February or early, early, early March of 2014, um, go over to the blog, go to, um, a slob comes clean.com and, uh, under podcast number 21, I will have, um, this linked, but I have a, a great giveaway going on that's starting today and it goes through March 6th. Um, and that is for a pack of cleaning products from Zep commercial, but I'm also advertising their, um, big, uh, contest that they have going on right now. I think you can enter through the 6th of March and that is for America's biggest hot mess is what they're looking for. So submitting a photo or a video and a funny story of why it is that you should be the one that they choose to be one of the, um, main people who win, uh, to win a full house cleaning and, um, $5,000 to keep your house clean for a year. So, Uh, It's really a great little contest. So if you personally have some spaces in your house that you feel like could, um, you know, win a contest like that, maybe you should go check it out. So, uh, but let's get straight into meal planning. Meal planning um, is key. Uh, If if you're a mom, now I know I'm sure there are some men that listen and that's great. And maybe you're the person who's taking care of your house and keeping things under control, but basically anybody, everybody needs to eat. Everybody. Um, moms 
for me in our house, this falls on me. My husband is great about cooking. He's Mr. Saturday morning breakfast. He will always put together something if I need him to, but the consistently that, that comes down to my responsibility. And, um, it's something that has to have some kind of planning or for us, things just start to get out of control. What happens is either we end up eating the same exact meals over and over and over, or I find more excuses for us to grab a pizza or run through the drive-thru. Um, if I'm not planning that happens and that means we end up spending a whole lot more money and eating not very healthy. Um, and I'm also really passionate on that research that I don't have any kind of thing to point you to, but I've heard it, you know, I was a teacher and so I've been to those in services and stuff where people would tell us this, but you know, the fact is there's all kinds of research research that shows that it is, um, extremely beneficial to children in their vocabulary in their education, um, in their life choices that they're going to make simply to, um, consistently sit down around the table and have dinner with their family. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that kind of boggles your mind when you think about what a huge difference that makes. And, um, you know, that obviously there's a lot of kids that don't have that. And that's something that's just really important to me is that we have that time around the dinner table, which gets hard at certain times of the year. And yet, um, it's just a priority for me. It's one of those things that I look to and I try, try to do that. So, um, okay. So basics on meal planning. One of the things to, um, orgjunkie.com. I'm an organizing junkie, I think is what she actually calls it, but the URL is O R G J U N K I E.com. Um, she's a big organizing blogger. She's been around for a long time and she has something called menu plan Monday. I think that's what it's called. And every Monday she lets people link up their menu plans, different bloggers. And so it's a great resource to go to, to find out, um, you know, what other people are putting on their meal plans, kind of watching how other people make their meal plans. And, but one of the things I think about is, you know, she's an organizing blogger and she's coming from the perspective of somebody who is naturally organized, but she talks about, you know, when she helps people get organized, getting a meal plan, um, you know, starting to create a meal plan and making that, you know, a given in people's homes just kind of has this great residual effect on the rest of, you know, their own quest to get organized. So it really is an important thing, even though it seems to be something that can just be thrown away, but it really is important. So, um, I'm gonna talk about my own meal planning journey, I guess. Um, like I said, this has always been important to me. I've always been someone who cooked. So, um, in the beginning, you know, I visualized myself as this amazing, wonderful cook. Um, you know, I love to try all these crazy recipes when my husband and I, um, were first married before we had kids, but we also had a lot of extra income at that point because, you know, we were both making full-time income. So we had more income. We also ate out whenever we feel, felt like it field. Sorry. I didn't really say that whenever we felt like it, um, we would just grab something. We worked together and so we rode home. And so if we were on the way home and I didn't have anything planned to cook for that night, we would just say, Hey, let's go to, you know, let's go here to this restaurant or whatever. So we would 
eat out a lot. Well, when we had kids, you know, that was in my mind. And I've talked about this in my whole organizing journey of, you know, oh, well, once I have kids, I'm automatically going to be organized. Well, you know, that was the same thing I thought for meal planning. And, and I was in some degrees. That was kind of where I would put my organizing energy was into meal planning. But, um, but frugality became even more of a necess- necessity. I can't even talk today. Sorry. Um, but it became more of a necessity because we were down to one income. And even though we thought we had planned for that, we didn't, you know, expect our insurance to cost quite so much, you know, adding me to my husband's insurance as opposed to me having it myself, you know, so there were certain things that, that were, you know, kind of a big adjustment for us financially. And so, um, not only was meal planning, you know, necessary for me to, you know, fulfill this organizing itch that I had, it also was necessary financially for us. Um, and the, the, you know, one of the things they talk about in financial advice is how much money you can save simply by making a meal plan, not by, um, not even necessarily just, you know, clipping every coupon and, and becoming a fanatical person about, you know, getting everything for free, but just having a list when you go into the store automatically saves you money. So what I started doing was just writing down um, four to five meals every, uh, you know, week before I would go to the store. I would say, okay, these are four to five meals. And then I would make my list from that. I would first look in the pantry, see what we already had. Then I would look, um, then I would, you know, write down all the other things that we needed for those meals. And then I would go to the store. And just doing that made a big difference. Um, But then I was in a mom's group and we had a speaker on freezer cooking. This was before the days of the internet. I mean, the internet existed, but it wasn't what it is today, or at least I wasn't into it like I, you know, know that things exist today. But this was before blogs, as far as I knew. And so this lady had written a a cookbook, and she talked about, you know, how she and a friend would get together and create meals for an entire month. And that was something that sounded really cool to me. I mean, it made me think, oh, wow, how cool would that be? Just spend the whole entire day cooking, except that that meant, you know, finding something to do with my little bitty kids that I was breastfeeding and I needed to take care of, you know, so it was, it was not something that I could actually figure out how to make work, even though it really appealed to me, the idea of it. But I left that. And even though I never, I've never done that, I've never done the big, huge, um, freezer cooking session. I instead started um, just kind of changing the way I did a few things. Like I started thinking, well, what can I double? You know, wow. So the freezer cooking thing just got my wheels turning. And I would realize, oh, okay, well, I'm making this. And why don't I make double of that? So little things like I had some homemade spaghetti sauce that I make. Um, that's the recipe is on the blog. I don't always use it anymore. Uh, but, you know, this is one of those things I love to make. So I thought, well, I'm just going to make double of that every time I make it. So that meant that, um, yes, it was a big, long process the first time I made it. But then the next time I made it, we wanted to have spaghetti. I had it, you know, in the freezer ready to go. Um, other things like, you know, my tortilla soup that I make that I really love. I would just double that every time that I made it. And then I started, um, you know, one of the things I uh, would do is I would look at, um, you know, when I would buy chicken breasts and I would cut it up for stir fry. Well, I would get it and, um, you know, decide, well, I guess I could cut up enough for three meals out of this package and then freeze the other two before I use it. And then I started thinking, wait a minute, one of the things that takes so long for me in my meal, um, 
preparing process was I am really picky about the icky stuff on chicken breasts, you know, like the, the little, just the icky stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, well, I had been buying the individually frozen chicken breasts. Um, well, but what I would do is I would buy them individually frozen. And so I'd be able to pull out however many we needed, but then I would thaw those individually frozen ones and then I would trim them and then I would cook. So that was, um, a, you know, kind of a long process. So I started thinking, well, what if I bought chicken breasts on sale? Cause you remember I was being extremely frugal here. I bought chicken breasts on sale and then I trimmed all of them at one time, which is a big job. It takes a long time to do that. I have a video on my website that shows how I do that, the process that I use. Um, I said, what if I bought a bunch, I trimmed all of them and then I packaged those into, you know, meal sized portions, how much chicken we're going to eat in a meal and froze those. And then I would just be able to take the bag out of the freezer and cut out the time that it would take for me to, um, you know, thaw it and then trim it and then cook it. And when I started doing that, yes, it's a huge process and it's messy and it's gross, but at the same time, chicken grosses me out. And it's one thing for me to completely clean my kitchen, do all the chicken, completely disinfect it, and then be able to just throw things um, straight from the bag into the um, freezer without half or into the oven or pot or whatever, without having to, um, you know, go through that whole process on a smaller scale each and every day. So it was like one big time of grossing out, but then disinfecting as opposed to having to do that every single time I cooked. And it really made my meal prep time go so much faster and so much easier just to have that trimming already done. Now, not everybody feels like they have to trim every piece of chicken and that's great. Um, so for those people, the, the individually frozen ones might work better, but I was able to find that I could get a whole lot better deal on a big package of chicken breasts, um, that I would then trim and then freeze as opposed to the ones that were individually frozen that you get. I never could find a really great cheap deal on the ones that were individually frozen already for me. Um, so that was kind of one of my first steps toward thinking along what, how, how can I use my freezer to save time on my daily meal prep? Well, then I started doing something. Um, I loved my George Foreman grill and I would, um, grill chicken. Well, then I thought, oh, well, I can grill this chicken. And if I grill extra, then I'll stick it in the freezer and then I can thaw it and use it for fajitas later on. So that we'll have, you know, grilled chicken one time and then fajitas the next time. Well, then I would have some leftovers of that and I would go, oh, well, I can make quesadillas the next day with that. And so it's just kind of a way where I started to think along the lines of the main prep time came from that original grilling and then I was able to make fajitas in a snap and then I was able to make quesadillas for like a Saturday night dinner really, really fast with the leftovers, you know, from that. So it just kind of changed how I started seeing this meal prep of what can I do that's going to make it easier later on. Um, and then I started doing the same thing with ground beef. I would, um, and I always do this now, but I will buy ground beef when it's on sale I have lately just been buying at Costco because I had some kind of nasty experiences with just regular um, grocery. No, it's not on any one specific grocery store, but I had really kind of a 
there was like cow hair in my ground beef. So disgusting. So I kind of but you know, been grossed out by that. So I now pay a little bit more and get it from Costco because I feel like every time I do, it seems to be good quality. Um, but I will get uh, as many pounds of ground beef as basically I can afford at the time. Uh, you know, when it's on sale, especially, you know, when I was getting it at grocery stores, and I still do that some, when it's on sale, I get as much as I can afford. And then I cook the vast majority of it all at once. Um, so that it is, um, you know, pre-cooked. And I use that in recipes. Now, for ground beef, we don't just sit down. And I actually know someone who does. But we don't sit down and eat a plate full of ground beef by itself. Um, it's always in something. It's in tacos. Or it's in um, spaghetti. Or it's in a casserole. Or it's sprinkled on the top of a pizza. Or, you know, whatever. It's used for different things. And so ground beef is something that works really, really well to cook it all at once. Let it cool first. You know, and then I drain it. I have instructions for this of how I do it um, on my blog. But I drain it um, all. I get all the fat off. So it's not a big, huge mess every time I cook. It's that one time where all the fat has been drained off. Um, and then I freeze it either in meal-sized portions or I freeze it, you know, after it's completely cool, it will freeze a lot better if you freeze it flat in a gallon-sized Ziploc bag. Um, it's a lot easier to kind of break off a piece than if you, if it's still warm when you put it in there, then the moisture makes it all clump together more. But as long as you'll cool it completely, you can cool it in your refrigerator um, and then put it in there in the freezer uh, then you can just take off a little chunk, you know, however much it is that you think you need for a meal. And that has made cooking so much quicker. You know, I mean, I can basically have spaghetti ready in the time it takes to boil noodles, which is about 10 to 12 minutes. So I really can put a meal together in less time than it would take for us to run and grab fast food. Okay. And that that is the whole goal for me because the truth is when you have three kids, um, you know, when they were little, it was that it was hard to have any kind of creative attention span in the kitchen for me. I mean, I really had a difficult time doing that because kids take so much of your attention. So at that time, that was the purpose. It was like, how can I make things as easy as possible for me to get stuff on the table? Um, in the kitchen on a regular basis. And that's what all these things developed from. Now it's that we have, you know, three kids who are in baseball and gymnastics and all this kind of fun stuff. And we do our, but we still make it a priority to eat together at home. But even if I get home from one thing at four and we have to leave at five thirty, you know, I have time in that amount of time to put a meal together using these pre-cooked ingredients. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat. And you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. So I talked about the chicken and how I kind of, you know, use the fajita, um, you know, going from grilled chicken breast and then fajitas and then um, quesadillas. Well, I started just every time I would get a bunch of chicken. Now I get chicken from Zaycon, which I will link to in the show notes. Um, Zaycon is not available everywhere, and it's not even always the very best price. But for me, it's convenience-wise. It's 40 pounds of chicken, and they have a whole delivery time that they come to your area. And sometimes it's every three or four months, maybe longer Um And you have to sign up and you have to be there at the exact right time in this parking lot where they have this truck and they're giving you your 40 pounds of chicken that you've already paid for. But you can get the same exact deal just watching the sales in your, um, in your, you know, local grocery stores. Um, just watching for when it's, you know, here's the thing too. And I, I know a lot of people know this, but I've also learned that a lot of people don't know this. And that is that meat is sold per pound and so just looking at the, um, the price on a package of meat doesn't really mean very much. What you need to look at is um, the price per pound. For me, chicken, and it's different in different areas, and you have to watch, but I would look for chicken to go on sale for less than $2 a pound. Um, sometimes it would be $1.49. Sometimes it would be $1.99. Um, but whenever it would go on sale for that, I would buy as much as I could afford at that time. You can't just walk into the grocery store and say, okay, what's $2 a pound? And it's generally not going to happen. You have to watch those sales and go in when it's that price. Um, But I would get as much chicken as I could and I would cut up, I would trim it all and I would put 
um, a lot of the trimmed ones in meal sized portions, uh, because we do like, you know, freshly, um, you know, that kind of chicken works great in the crock pot for barbecue chicken sandwiches or, um, you know, there's lots of different recipes where I do want to cook the chicken straight from, you know, from raw. I don't want to use pre-cooked chicken in certain recipes, but I realized, well, there's a lot of recipes that I can use pre-cooked chicken in. And so I would bake quite a few of them. Now I've gotten to where I will fill up my crock pot with chicken breasts and just use salt and pepper and uh, cook those chicken breasts as much as I can in the, as much as I can fit into that crock pot. Um, I will cook those and then I'll either the baked ones, I generally freeze whole and then I will take them out and I will thaw them. The key is not recooking. Like don't put it in your microwave for a minute. No, put it in at 10% power for a minute and to where it's just barely, barely thawed enough that you can cut it. And then I chop it up and then I will use that in casseroles or sometimes, um, you know, sprinkle it on the top of a spinach artichoke chicken pizza. I know I've mentioned pizza like 16 times, but anyway, um, but I also use that. That's the chicken that I use in my chicken fried rice. Um, that I have a great recipe for that is like my family's absolute favorite, but you know, I'll use that. Not all, you know, stir fries, those need to be from, um, you know, those don't need to be from pre- uh, pre-cooked chicken, but chicken fried rice is actually meant to be a dish for leftovers, you know, so it works really well with the pre-cooked chicken for us. Um, but I use those, uh, you know, I cook as much as I can and then I keep some that's, that's fresh and froze, freeze that. Um, the stuff that is from the crock pot is really easy to shred. I just use my hand mixer. You can use your stand mixer too, your KitchenAid mixer if you have one. Um, but I use my hand mixer like that I would use for, you know, making cake batter. And, um, as long as there's no liquid in there, cause the liquid will fly everywhere. I know that from experience, but as long as you have taken it out of the liquid and you put it in a different bowl, if you use that stand mixer, I'm not kidding within like 20 seconds, it's perfectly shredded. And then I just, you know, package those in meal sized portions that I can throw into all kinds of different things, casseroles, soups, um, lots of different kinds of things that I can do with that. So the goal there is that I'm taking the most time consuming step of any of my, um, any of my meal preps and I'm taking away that time consuming step. I mean, you know, thawing meat, trimming meat and cooking meat is the thing that takes the longest in any meal prep. If I can eliminate all of that time, then I can have a meal on the table really, really quickly. Um, it also just, you know, thinking along the lines of, you know, not spending a huge amount of time. If you, if you're a little bit kind of scared, I guess, of, you know, getting the whole bunch of chicken and cooking it all at once. Um, just saying, okay, this time, you know, I've got, I'm going to make whatever you like to make, baked chicken breasts this day. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and buy double and cook twice as much as I normally would and put the others in the freezer and I'll have those for another meal at another time when we're in a hurry. And as you do that, you're going to go ahead and make your life a whole lot more convenient. And then you might decide over time that, Oh wow, I, I think next time I'm going to do four times as much chicken or whatever, just in the same amount of time that you would be spending anyway to cook. Um, okay. 
And then that's another thing too. You know, when my husband, when it gets nicer outside and he starts grilling out, um, I always give him an extra meal or two worth of chicken breasts for him to do. Cause those have a different flavor and grilled chicken to me freezes the best of all of them. You know, if it's, if it's been really flavorful and marinated and all that kind of stuff, um, it freezes really well and can be used in other, you know, types of things later on, you know, on salads or whatever it is that you want to use. Um, extra hamburger patties. Uh, I like a fresh hamburger. I don't, um, you know, I don't want to eat a hamburger out of a, you know, that has a hamburger patty that was cooked and then frozen. I don't want that. Um, I want it to be a nice fresh one, but I can use extra hamburger patties, uh, either in my husband's lunch. Cause he is not okay with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He has to have like a real meal for lunch, which is fine. Um, but he eats all of my leftovers, so I can't complain, but you know, sometimes just to have those extra ones for lunch, or I will, um, you know, put them, put pre-cooked hamburger patties, um, you know, in a mushroom gravy, which is really just cream of mushroom soup, which I know you're probably horrified if you're an anti cream of mushroom soup person. But, um, if you just put those hamburger patties and then some kind of a sauce, you know, that kind of keeps it, um, keeps it really moist, uh, you know, then you can, you know, have a great dinner just from that. Uh, but the other thing that I will do is, um, for the hamburger patties, for the hamburger ground beef that I am not going to, um, pre-cook crumbled, I will, um, go ahead and form it into hamburger patty sizes, uh, either a quarter pound or sometimes a third pound, depending on how I'm going to use them. But, um, if I will go ahead and shape those into hamburger patties, lay them on a, um, on a cookie sheet and then put wax paper between each layer of them, then they freeze already in hamburger patty sizes. Well, then I can use that for all kinds of things. I can either use those to make hamburgers on the grill in the summer, or I can use those, um, if I want to make something, I'm out of my pre-cooked ground beef, or I want to make meatballs or something that, you know, needs to not be pre-cooked. Um, I can just grab, you know, if they're in quarter pound, then I just grab four of those and I know I have a pound and they thaw much easier and they cook much easier because they're frozen in smaller portion sizes as opposed to, you know, freezing a big hunk of, um, ground beef. So there's all kinds of different ways. and I'm going to have links to those on the website. Um, let's see. Oh, other things that you can pre-cook. Um, basically I pre-cook my meats and I pre-cook rice. Um, rice to be used in casseroles and things like that. Um, or in my chicken fried rice. One of the things that I love, you know, I, one of the reasons why I don't do kind of your typical freezer cooking is I'm not very good at remembering to thaw. And I know when I had my second child, I think it was, I remember talking to my mother-in-law who doesn't do freezer cooking at all. Um, I was talking to her, I said, yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, things, you know, things cooked and in the freezer to make it easier once the baby gets here. And, uh, then she asked me, I don't know, a, a while later, she said something about casseroles. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I realized that she had just assumed that I was talking about casseroles when I talked about freezer cooking. But I don't freeze, I don't do casseroles because with casseroles, for me at least, and I know other people have ways around it, and I'd love to get your comments on the podcast notes, but for me, a casserole that's been frozen, 
has to be um, thawed, you know, so you have to stick it in the fridge like 24 hours ahead of time to make sure that it's, um, you know, thawed enough that you can cook it. Besides the fact that we don't love casseroles. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with casseroles and I do make them, but we don't just absolutely passionately love casseroles. So, um, that just never worked for me. So it's funny because she was assuming that if you're going to do freezer cooking, you're talking about casseroles. And I didn't think about that. I basically pre-cook ingredients so then I can make whatever it is that I want to make later on. Um, and so like my Mexican casserole is, um, ranch style beans, a can of ranch style beans. It's, um, rice, corn, and ground beef. I think that's all. And then cheese on top. That's all it is. Well, I have the pre-cooked ground beef, you know, I have the canned beans and the canned corn, and then I have, um, rice that I have cooked. So every time I cook rice, I will cook extra and put, you know, let it cool and then put it in a Ziploc bag and stick it in the freezer so that I can use it later in a Mexican casserole or in my chicken fried rice. That means I just have to thaw the rice, thaw the meat and put it all together and it can come together very quickly because, um, a lot of times, you know, chicken fried rice, the way I learned to make that was when I was teaching speech in Thailand to my students. And I had one of my students who gave his how to speech on how to cook chicken fried rice. And, um, his explanation was that it, you know, it's what you make with your leftover rice from the day before. So your rice for chicken fried rice is not supposed to be freshly cooked because, you know, freshly cooked rice is soft and kind of, you know, mushy. Um, and that doesn't work for chicken fried rice. You need rice that isn't brand new. So it works very well to use, you know, rice that I have pre-cooked and frozen. And then I thought in the microwave, just, I don't know, maybe two minutes on 10% power. Um, again, I think I mentioned this before, but again, it's really important to not recook your meats. You know, that's why a lot of these frozen pre-cooked meats, I don't put them, you know, I don't serve them. Sometimes I do the hamburger patties or the, um, grilled chicken breasts, but generally I put them in something. And so I don't want to recook it in the microwave while I'm defrosting it and then cook it again. You know, then you're you're getting to where your meat is rubbery and tough. And so I basically just get it to where I can either crumble it or cut it, chop it up and put it in something else so that it's rewarming as the other stuff is, you know, all kind of cooking and blending together, like in soups or things like that. Um, So I generally do that by doing a minute at a time on 10% power until it's just to where I can get it ready to put in whatever it is I'm putting it in. Or if I do the shredded chicken from the freezer, I will just drop that straight into soup. I mean, just like already frozen. And I have a recipe that I just put up this week for um, white chicken chili. And that's what, you know, I have a picture of how I did that. I seriously just dump it in there as this frozen chunk, you know, and it, melts and, you know, goes into the soup, um, you know, as it's thawing. Okay. I feel like I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, so the rice. Okay. So pre-cooking rice, um, having pre-cooked rice, another thing too, and I don't do this all the time, but when I've done it, I'm glad that I do it. And that is, um, beans are another good thing. If your family eats a lot of beans, we don't eat a ton. So no jokes, please. But anyway, um, we don't eat a ton of them. So, 
um, I sometimes will do this and sometimes don't, but that's another easy thing to do is to, um, you know, do a big crock pot full of beans and, uh, then divide it up into, you know, however much would be in a can for a recipe that calls for a can, you divide it up into, um, you know, quart sized freezer bags that have that much in there. You freeze it. And then instead of using the canned, then you've got home cooked beans. So, you know, if you're wanting to do more home cooked stuff, this is a way to help you do that, that will fit into your, um, convenience lifestyle that, you know, I think a lot of us have, um, other things too is, you know, realizing what kinds of things work and what don't. You know, I mentioned for the rice that it's great for chicken fried rice, for Mexican casserole, for chicken and rice soup, but I don't do um, rice that I've pre-cooked and frozen for any kind of a stir fry where it has a sauce and I want it to go, you know, like when I'm making Chinese food and I want it to, you know, have a bed of rice and then something with a sauce over it. That doesn't work. It doesn't taste good. You know, I want that rice to be fresh and fluffy. It doesn't need to be, um, you know, I don't want to use rice that has to be kind of rehydrated, you know, by uh, putting it in something like these other things that I'm doing. So, you know, learning and not saying, ooh, that was, you know, that didn't taste right. Well, you know, what is it that you can do? You know, when can you use the pre-cooked stuff and when do you not need to? So what basically I do is when I have a rice cooker, which I absolutely love, um, but when I do cook rice, I always cook two to three times as much as we need. So then we have the fresh cooked rice for that night. And then I've automatically with no extra time or effort, I've got two meals worth of rice that is pre-cooked and frozen to use later for chicken fried rice or other kinds of recipes that will use that. Um, so I hope that this has been helpful to you. Let me check my time. I am at after 30 minutes at this point. So, um, Again, this is podcast number 21. Um, if you get to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts and you don't specifically see a direct link to 21, it is up because you can't hear the podcast until I've put the post up. So at the bottom of that list that has one through, I know here I am planning to not get it done, but I am going to try. But if you ever with a new podcast um, don't see it listed on there, go to, at the bottom of that list, there is a link that says, see all my podcasts here. And you're going to see those with the most recent at the top. And you will be able to find podcast number 21 or whatever podcast that you're looking for. Um, so the key things here are make a menu plan based on the things, you know, not being too fancy. It's not a reason to look on Pinterest. I mean, looking on Pinterest is great, but it's not a reason to, look on Pinterest and say, oh, um, you know, I'm going to come up with five new exciting recipes to try this week. Instead, if you're just starting out, write down just the recipes that you already make all the time and know how to make and make a list from that for the grocery store. If you want to get adventurous, add one new recipe to that. So you're not just completely overwhelming yourself. The other thing that I hear people say with menu planning is a lot of times people will say, well, I make one and then it doesn't work out. You know, I end up having something that makes me really busy on the day when I was planning to make something that was, you know, more intense. Well, I don't assign my stuff to a day. I mean, I, I might say that I am, but I don't worry about it. I just look at that. I've got a list of four to five meals and, you know, I don't even do seven meals because a lot of times on Saturday night, we just throw something to get something together or eat leftovers or whatever. And we eat out on Friday nights. So I look at that list and I say, okay, what 
can I make tonight from this list that I know I have the ingredients for because I went shopping for all these things? Okay, well, it's really busy tonight. I'm going to choose the easiest thing on this list. Or, okay, we kind of are all home tonight. We all have, you know, breathing room. And so you look at the list and you say, oh, this would be a good night to try this new recipe that I've got. You know, but being flexible in that. And there are so many times where I have all the ingredients that I need for something and then something else comes up and I can't make that. And so I just save it and push it off to the next week. It's not a big deal. It's just a way to keep myself um, from just buying random things at the grocery store and then not having everything I need for any one meal. It also helps me be more creative. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There are also lots of um, other meal planning service services. Um, Eatathomecooks.com has... Um, she has a monthly meal planning or a meal planning service. There's also, I know lifeismom.com has um, free meal plans that she, she gives. And sometimes you just have to kind of find the one that really fits your family and your tastes. Um, and then I know that Erin uh, Chase at $5 Dinners, she does a, um, she does a Costco, you know, meal plan that I think for under $150 for 20 meals or something like that. So it's really amazing the resources that are out there. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, no need to be overwhelmed. Just make a list of your basic things and start from that and then add to it a little bit. And as I said, freezer cooking is the thing that makes meal prep so easy for me when I do it my way. Um, not the casserole way, but the pre-cooked meats and a pre-cooked ingredients and things like that. So thank you so much for listening. Um, I'd love feedback. I'd love ideas on future podcasts. Um, any kind, anytime that you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, um, go ahead and you can leave that in the show notes, comments for this. Um, and I will see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.